360 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, fixing, modding, trading, reviewing podcast. I think I did it all from memory. I think you missed something. Uh, let's see. Buying, you... selling, trading, fixing, mod. Oh, mo- breaking. 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 Yeah, that's important. All right. Well, whatever. <laughs> uh, so what's new, Steve? So, um... So I want to talk about one of my favorite music websites, okay? Uh, which is a site called Noise Trade, which some of you guys, uh, actually one of our listeners, uh, Isaac, has put a, a tour, I think at least one, maybe more albums on Noise Trade. Um, I don't know where the idea for Noise Trade started from, but uh, they kind of... Noise Trade is all about like free music, okay? basically. And they get some, I wouldn't say they get like huge names on it. But they get some like they get a lot of names that are kind of big enough. Are big enough. Okay. Um, and they're kind of in the same scheme as um, what Radiohead did when they put out the, their album in Rainbows. Was uh, it was free digital download, and if you wanted like a a deluxe pack, well, for in Rainbows, if you wanted like a deluxe version or a physical copy, you had to pay. Uh huh. Um, but you could download the digital for free, and if you wanted to, you could leave a tip. You could it, sure. Radio hit did was pay as much as you feel like this album is worth. Right. So I paid nothing. Right. Uh, because I'm not a I'm not a big Radiohead fan, but as a non Radiohead fan, that was I thought that was a great ploy because it got me to appreciate Radiohead more. Sure. And uh, you know that's a great gamble. Like someone could pay pay nothing for that, and then years down the road, be like, I really liked that. And I listen to a bunch of other stuff from them. I'm going to go to the concert when they play, and I'm going to buy a T-shirt or yeah, something like that. Yeah, exactly. You know? And they would have never gone otherwise. Exactly. Uh, Nine Inch Nails did the same thing a couple years ago with their album The Slip. I don't even think, I don't remember if they even had a pay like a tip function on that. I think it was it might have just been free download. Sure. I don't remember. Uh, so Noise Trade is kind of like that. Uh, you can buy, and they encourage you if you or they encourage you if you download something to uh pimp it on twitter and basically what you're doing is you're exchanging your email information and your location in exchange for free music so now i'm on like a bunch of mailing lists and some of the bands are ones i'm interested in so you sign up with your junk email yeah yeah i mean if that's what you want to do sure like i said um there's a lot of uh i don't remember who the first artist i heard about noise trade through um but Derek Webb, who used to be like he's a Christian singer songwriter, he used to be in uh, Cademan's Call, uh-huh. among some other bands. He's put stuff up on there. Uh, Jars of Clay has oh, really? put stuff up on there. Wow. Um, the Civil Wars, who are pretty big in like the uh-huh. folk scene, yeah, um, have put stuff up on there. I think the biggest, oh, the Civil Wars or Jars of Clay are probably the biggest artists I've seen on there. Green River Ordinance, which is also kind of like this acoustic acoustic rock kind of... I don't know what I would compare it to, but they had like probably a, a a top 40, a big top 40 hit like on every radio station maybe yeah. two or three years ago. They get some big artists. They get a lot of like... Uh, a lot of like Christian artists. So I actually this week... Um, I downloaded uh, Propaganda's new album, who's a Christian rapper. Okay. And I actually downloaded his new album and two of his older albums and some other stuff that he had up there. But they're always getting new stuff up. Some of it's some of it's good. Some of it blows. But it's free. 
uh-huh. and I've never paid for anything because I'm cheap. But if I'm getting something <laughs> because I'm cheap, uh, but if I'm getting something I really like, like I definitely will do a put it up on Twitter and my Twitter accounts like to my Facebook account. Sure. Um, so it, it, you know, it gets the word out and in the future, if it's something that I really like, you know, if I see something I really like from someone, I, I may end up eventually getting into like tipping bands for stuff yeah, or buy uh, something you know. from them or buy a shirt or yeah. I, like I said, there's yeah. a lot of good stuff. It's mostly kind of these, it's a lot of indie stuff, not, yeah. you know, not a lot of like hard rock stuff or anything. It, it's very like indie folky, but it's a great source. Um, one of the bands I've been listening to uh, a ton the past couple weeks is a band that at the time was called Bison and now they're called The Last Bison. Apparently, they had like a name conflict. <laughs> um, and they put their album Quill on Noise Trade like a couple years ago. And I uh-huh. downloaded it and never listened to it. I finally listened to it like three weeks ago and just. It's a great album. It's in the same vein as like the Decemberists and that gotcha. kind of a thing. So it's definitely like a really cool resource. Yeah, um, they're I'm... doing books now. I'm, I'm wow, much... that's interesting. Yeah, so it's, it's like, like Kindle a, books or something like, like that. Yeah, like ebooks. I guess you can download ebooks on Noise Trade. So you could write like a manifesto and then distribute it through. I there? guess <laughs> um, most most of the albums I found on there, like the recording quality is pretty good too. So it's not like. Sure. It's not like back in the day with pure volume where you're just browsing a bunch of random sites. Yeah. And sometimes the recording quality blows and sometimes it's really good. Most, when I first got on Noise Trade a few years ago, uh, there was some like stuff that the recording quality was kind of like, eh, this isn't that great. But most of the stuff I've re- been list- picked up from them r- more recently, the quality has been pretty good. So. Cool. Definitely check it out. If you're in a band and you've made some good recordings that you just want to get out there, I mean... Why not, right? Noise trade is a really popular thing. It's not just like... I mean, if you're already uh, putting your stuff up for free on Bandcamp, why not put yeah, it exactly. on Noise exactly. Trade? I mean, people are going to download it and you might make a, you know, a little bit of money off of it. Who knows? Yeah. And like I said, because they get some, some decent... Some, you know, they get artists that have traction that have following uh-huh like sometimes i just go on noise trade and just if i like the album art i'll download it or yeah if i like the oh, name i your... bought so many albums because <laughs> i just liked the art yeah um so that's how you used to buy albums no matter what oh yeah yeah that's why oh wait, I, I don't i was gonna make a joke but <laughs> don't Steve. i lost it <laughs> well should we uh should we segue into ads then Ads. Ads. Advertisements. Got two advertisements today. Uh, we'll talk about the amp first. Uh, we were talking about these earlier, I think last week or something like that, a while back, you and me. On, on the, the podcast or in, on in the person? Internet. I guess it was the other day. Yeah, it was like two days ago. Yeah. Okay. These are, uh, they've been coming up a lot. People have been talking about them a lot. And we know someone who owns one. Adam Powell owns one of these. The guy who made the uh, the intro music that you heard, friend of the show. Yep. Uh, it's a PV Classic Thirty. If you haven't heard of these, you should look them up if you're interested in in low wattage two amps. I yeah. guess this doesn't technically count as a low wattage Not two amp these days. Like ten years ago. Yeah. Nowadays, low wattage two amps are fifteen watts and under. Yeah. Huh? But still, 30 watts, you're still going to be able to push the clean into drive if you're playing with a band. Yeah. Uh, these are great amps. PV 
made this line of amps and they really freaking knocked it out of the park as far as I'm concerned. Uh, this one is up on uh, Craigslist in Dallas for 400 bucks. I did a little bit of Craigslist tourism this today to get this ad. Uh, that is higher than they used to be. They used to go for 300 even, kind of like 325, 350 right. sometimes. And you can still find them for that if you look long enough. But they've been getting more and more popular. Is this one modded at all? I don't think so. I know because I saw that one actually when we were talking about this, I had seen that one that was 350 and it had like a Weber Al Nickel blue in it, which is oh, okay. Weber's. Is that one on our Craigslist? Maybe. Yeah, probably. And that's uh, that's the uh, the Al Nickel blue is uh, Weber's version of the Celestion blue, which yeah. is like the famous AC 30 speaker. Um, so 350, 400 seems a little steep to me, right? But you can definitely find classics 30s like 350, yeah. to three three hundred. But seriously, three to four hundred dollars for a 30 watt tube amp, yeah, that has the tone control options that this amp has. Like you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, they're great anywhere amps. else. It's a PV amp made in the USA, I think. I think the well, original series of these was USA, right? The originals, yeah. Yeah, the newer ones that have like kind of the drip aesthetic on the, the top end of the amp. I think those are imports. <laughs> I could be wrong. Excuse me. They might still be USA. PV's always been proud of being USA. I'm not sure. I know PV has moved some of their stuff overseas. Like the Valve right. King line is overseas. I right. Think, I think all of the Viper stuff. The They've probably modeling. assembled... USA, they get all their their circuit well, boards. Well, oh, for these, yeah, yeah, but the for the Valve King and stuff, they're actually factoried over there. Sure, sure. But these are great little amps if you want to do anything. Really, they have a great drive channel. Yeah. They have a great clean channel. They have a pretty decent reverb on them. I've got a classic fifty, which is the big brother of this. It's fifty watts with four uh, ten inch speakers. Uh, these have. It's a one by twelve. It's a one by twelve. Yeah, which is pretty solid. Thirty watts into a twelve inch speaker. I they I, scream. I got into. I didn't really get into it with a guy the other day, but somebody posted. Someone was saying like, "Oh, Hot Rod Deluxe versus Classic." Uh, I think Classic Fifty, maybe. Uh huh. And somebody actually said. So I've always felt that, at least for my taste, like the Fender is, has a superior clean. But sure. the PV has a superior drive. That's yeah, that's probably true. And somebody actually said like, "Oh, get the PV for the clean section, not for the drive section." And I just kind of like cocked my head to the side, and I was just so confused because well, I, the PV clean is it's it's its own thing. So it's yeah. a drive, but it's a more modern sounding drive. The PV clean it doesn't sound like a Fender clean. It doesn't sound like a Marshall clean. It doesn't no, sound like a Vox clean. Its own thing. It's its own thing, but it kind of floats around in the middle between some classic sounds. Right. Like if you're not worried about nailing a classic fender sound, but you still want a really nice, warm, clean tube sound, like it's still a great amp. That's the only thing I worry about. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're great amps. They're great for blues. They're great for rock. They're great yeah. for anything you want to do. And you can't beat the price. I mean, for, I mean, the, People are buying those Excelsiors now that are 300 bucks new. Are they? Yeah. Jeez. Uh, the, the newer versions of them, 
Right. Uh, and then they're going and they're spending another 75 bucks modding them. Right. Tone to, mod. To do the tone mod and to do other things. And that's just a 15-watt amplifier with a volume control and a tremolo control. Yeah. This is a 30-watt amplifier with your full kind of gain controls. Yeah. You know, pre, pre and pre post. post and you get full EQ. Full EQ, low, mediums, highs. You get a reverb control and you get a presence control, I think. Reverb. And then there's like a switch that gives you like an extra like gain boost if you want. Is that I don't I don't know how it works. Yeah. But they're yeah, they're great amps. Yeah. They're, I I hope that, that everyone starts buying these and everyone sings their praises because they deserve it. Yeah. What's, going What's on the next ad? ad? Uh I was thinking about uh getting one of these a while ago and a friend of the show, Sam Miller was kind of peer pressuring me to do it. <laughs> uh, it's a Digitech Whammy. Uh, but this is, what I have here is an ad for the first run of them, and they're actually starting to climb in value like Again. a lot. Like their cost is getting up, like the first run. And they were only first made in the ni- in the 80s, right? Late 80s? I think so. I don't know the, the first year they came out, but it's not like this is a pedal that was super obscure in the 70s or or the 60s or something like that. Uh, this guy wants 500 bucks for it. And what? that's not unusual now. Really? It's crazy. Are like the early editions that much better? Because I think now they're on like the Whammy f- version P- 4 or something. They're, I think they have the 5 and they have like a DX or a DT version oh, or something weird. like that. That has some extra switching options on it. Uh, the 4s, they say, are supposed to be pretty good. Uh... But people are saying that the first version is warmer, like in huh. sound, and just is better in sound all around. I don't know how true that is, but obviously people are willing to spend big money on them now. Yeah. It seems like this is happening a lot. A lot of pedals are all of a sudden getting traction to become, you know, high priced things. I mean, I saw an actual '60s pedal on Los Angeles Craigslist the other day—a a vintage Maestro pedal, a fuzz pedal—and that was only five hundred bucks. Right. That was from the '60s. That's yeah. the pedal. That, the Maestro, the old Maestro stuff has been expensive for a while. Yeah, but it's like this is from the '80s, maybe even the '90s. Yeah, and it's 500 bucks. Not terribly rare either. It's that's I interesting. Wonder, I wonder what's driving up the price on these. Jack White. But you, you got to mention them every episode. Yeah, don't I you? didn't mention them last episode. Okay, okay. Uh, every other episode, you mentioned Jack White. But I, I know. Well, so well, I think of Tom Morello when I think yeah, of Grammy. Yeah. So yeah, the same here. Like I think of Tom Morello, and I think. Because he was doing a lot of like the whacked out stuff. Yeah, oh, and if we we haven't said yet, the whammy pedal basically acts like a whammy bar on a guitar, where you can drop key or you can raise key. Right. You can do these really crazy bends with them. You can do weird kind of like detuned chorus effects with them. Look them up. Look up videos. You'll know yeah, exactly what it I, is. I, from what I've always read, um, Jack White was using a whammy in the White Stripes. Just to get like the doubled guitar tone, sure, or to switch to like bass parts or something. Yeah, like that. so so I think uh, like the sub, like the octave, like the low octave tone for Seven Nation Army, I think was a whammy. Gotcha. Um, I could be wrong because I've been wrong. And these aren't perfect pedals either, as far as pitch shifting goes. Yeah, like if you do chords or do weird bends, then you get like the weird artifacting and jumping around where it doesn't know where it is, and that's part of the charm of them too, apparently. Yeah, like on the new uh, the DT or VT version, I forget what it's called. There's they've switched it all over to polyphonic 
uh, pitch huh. shifting. That they did that on the five too. So you get rid of all that. You can do perfect bends oh, of okay, chords gotcha. and stuff like that. But they have a setting where you can dial it back to classic, and apparently the classic mode is more like glitchy than the original models. Nice. So it's like you dial into that mode just to get your glitchy jumping around how, sort of sound. How frustrated do you think like the singers on our worship team would get if I showed up with one of these and started using it with bass? Oh my gosh. Cause It'd be wild st- on a bass. The stuff that you're describing is kind of like uh, I I just kind of make noise sometimes. Sure. Um, you know, I like to turn the delays on. I like to run my delays with like a fuzz and then just start like just running my fingers up and down the strings. Yeah. Not really playing anything, just like making, making like, noise. Getting that like Poof. Yeah. <laughs> what good is it playing electric instruments if you don't just make some noise sometimes? Yeah. Get some chaos going on. Chaos. Get a yeah. chaos pad. Yeah, exactly. That's what you need. That is what I need. <laughs> oh man. But I thought about getting one of these just to throw in weird parts with my surf band. Because so we have a couple songs where we have like these weird psychedelic freak out right. parts. Thought it would be fun to get one of these, throw it uh, before or after a fuzz pedal, and just get weird for a while. You know, like yeah. sort of stuff. Is that what they sound like? I don't know. Yeah, you do all sorts of crazy stuff with them. I need to watch some videos. Yeah, I you guess. need to watch, you need to study up on these, Steve, before yeah. we talk about them. I know I didn't tell you we were talking about this today, I did, but you need to do I your homework. I didn't even know uh, you had you've been looking at whammy pedals. I know, this week. right? We haven't uh, been talking about the ads very much. We need well, to work on our communication, Steve. So I I'm <laughs> I'm on Facebook Watch at work because uh-huh. I'm probably on Facebook too much at work. Right, that so, happens sometimes. So. Um, so now I only really get on Facebook on my phone. Yeah. When I used to work is, in an office, I would get in trouble. But that was back in my live journal days. Live, live journal. One time I printed out 50 pages of live journal on the work copier. What? Yeah, it was bad. Like on accident yeah, or on purpose? Yeah, on accident. <laughs> I was printing off catalogs. and I was, you know, control P, control P, control P. Was this like your own live journal or someone else's? My own. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was really bad. 50 pages of work sucks today. <laughs> Thankfully, someone at the office who was cool with me caught it and was like, hey, dude, uh, that could suck if the wrong person saw it. Dear diary. <laughs> I feel so sad today. I'm listening to this song. <laughs> Music. <laughs> Something sad. Can't wait to be done with work so I can go hang out with my pals. <laughs> Can't wait to be done with work so this I can go listen to the Cure. Impression of me eight years ago because that what I were you was still like? using Live Journal eight years ago? Got to be longer than that. No, I think it was is is that recent? Yeah, you know, because I got married. I was using Live Journal seven years ago. Yeah, I was using it like the first year that I got married, and that was six years ago. My last Live Journal entry, I think, is from two thousand nine. But by that point, it pretty much just devolved into me pimping your favorite band. Yeah. Um, and very little else. Yeah. So, so. should uh, we kind of beat those uh, ads into the ground and we do lost do our do topic, do do didn't do we? Just We're out on it. a rant here talking just about Live Journal. What kind of podcast is this? Is this a Live Journal podcast where we talk about Live, live journal. journal? 
Hey, I got Jimmy rolled on which emo band are you? Oh my god! On the which emo band are you quiz from like 2003. I was pretty excited about that. <laughs> okay. I don't know why. I let's move that. on to some topics. We have two yeah, topics this yeah, episode. Let's slam it out. Let's, yeah. What's let's the, blow what, it up. One should we do first? Uh, let's talk about Rocksmith. Yeah. Yeah. John. John suggested that we talk about Rocksmith uh, a week or so ago. Yeah. Hi, John. Hey John, uh, he's a he's a big listener of the show. He contributes a lot on the Facebook group. Yeah. If you want to be like John, if you want to be cool, you should jump on the Facebook group and send us ads and send us topics, and you should send us recordings of your songs uh, so that we can play it at the yeah. end of send shows. Send them to sixty cycle humcast at you gmail dot com. You should tell all your friends about this podcast. You should tell all your enemies. You should tell your mom and your dad. Uh, we're trying to get really popular, trying to make a million dollars, and then we're just going to retire. Can you retire the, on a million dollars? From the podcast say? game. Oh, but not from the real life game. No. Well, I mean, we're going to take that money. We're going to invest it into a real business. Oh, <laughs> you and me, Steve. We're going to go in on a pizza place. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's where you make your okay, real we're money. Call it, so there's a local pizza place called Best Pizza and Brew. Uh-huh. I'm thinking maybe we can't knock them off, but maybe we can open a competitor called Better Pizza no. and Brew. Let's go lo-fi and call it Worst Pizza worst and Brew. Worst Pizza and Brew? People go there just to feel like more like gritty. I don't know if this is a neighborhood where you can pull that off. Where is a neighborhood where I could pull that off? North Park. Well, I feel like it would need to be near the best pizza in Yeah, well, that's the problem. Is this a pizza podcast? Yeah, we've turned into a pizza podcast. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Let's talk about the topic then. So, Rocksmith. Uh, Rocksmith is like a video game. Um, yeah, but you plug your guitar yeah, into it. Yeah, but you plug a real it, guitar in. It teaches you how to play guitar. Yeah. And it, I, I hadn't been up on this. I watched videos of it today. And it looks nuts. Yeah. Like, it looks crazy cool. And uh, I don't know anyone who's learned guitar this way. I imagine that there are some people out there now who have. But it looked, like, legit to me. Like, yeah, how, no, how did you learn guitar, Steve? So, I learned... I taught myself. You taught, How did you teach yourself? Uh, what, like, what tools did you use? Basically, I had, like, a chord book. Like, one of those Mel Bay guitar yeah. chord posters. Uh-huh. Um, I had... So... So this is the full story. So when I was t- like 12. Well, don't tell the full story. Well, tell this like is the a short, four minute story. This is a four minute full story. Okay. Um, so when I was 12, I took summer guitar lessons like through YMCA or whatever. Park City, Parks and Rec. And, uh, but then I didn't play guitar again for like four years. Or three years or something. And That's it, a sad story, Steve. Yeah. So then I, when I picked it back up, basically I had learned like the notes. But then I was working basically with chord charts and I had an Ernie Ball, like, how to play guitar book. Uh-huh. And that was about it. So, really, what I was doing was I was taking the chord charts and going online and pulling, like, chord sheets from, like, my favorite bands at the time. So, like, a lot of MXPX, a lot of Five Iron sure. Frenzy. And I was just trying to play those songs. And then I was do- started doing worship around the same time, like, learning worship music, uh, which is very chordy music. Yeah. Um. And that was pretty much uh, that was pretty much how I got started, and uh, and now is like 15 years later, and I still suck at guitar. <laughs> I basically learned guitar the same way, the old-fashioned way, on the internet. Yeah, like downloading tabs and you know playing along to my favorite songs and, and whatnot. But the Rocksmith program, it, you you play it through 
like your video game software. I'm sure there's a PC version too. Right. But you plug your guitar in, like your actual guitar, not a rock band controller. And somehow it senses what strings you're playing and what notes you're playing. It must be pretty smart to figure that yeah, out. Yeah, I'm not sure how it works. I don't know if exactly. there's like an extra pickup system or something like that that you stick on your guitar. Right. Uh, but it basically gives you a rock band format where it shows you your six strings and then gives you tablature like coming down it, showing you where to play, giving you like different guides how to play. And it makes games where like you can steer a car down a road to avoid obstacles by wow. playing different things on your guitar within rhythm. And like there's like in the video that I watched, there's all sorts of different stuff like that, like where they make games of it. And it's basically if you did that, even if you weren't aiming to play guitar, you were just using it as a game controller. Within playing a couple hours, you're going to be comfortable holding a guitar, fretting right. your guitar, moving around the fretboard. Like, and then when you're shown like a chord, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's just like that part of the video game where I was trying to steer the car. Right. You know, or trying to like, you know, like do the thing in the video game, like jump a bike off a ramp or something. Yeah. So I don't remember when the first version of Rocksmith came out. 2011. 2011. I looked it up. Okay. Um, but I remember when it came out, like a lot, that was really at the height of the rock band, uh-huh. uh, guitar hero thing. And so people were kind of like, Oh, it's another competitor or whatever. But I thought it was really cool. Like the fact that you could use any guitar, but you had to, it had to be like a real guitar. It wasn't a, con- yeah. a controller. So I've always, I've kind of looked at Rocksmith as one of these things where like, excuse me, if I had like a, a uh, next generation, whatever they call it, next generation console or sure. whatever. An Xbox or PlayStation. X- yeah, exactly. Or... Like I could go out and buy this game and use the guitars that I own yeah. already to try to like get better at guitar because let's be honest, I'm not very good. <laughs> um, I say this when I We get... could all be better at guitar. Yeah. And honestly, looking at the video, they were, they were doing stuff in the video where it was like, I don't know. If I'm up to snuff to right, do that, like, right? That's nuts. What the guy just did. Yeah, it, it's a really cool idea. Um, the whole thing is about making guitar fun, which guitar should be fun, right? Um, it, it's it seems like it's about getting you to the point where guitar can be more fun. Yeah, where you're playing more competently. Yeah, and, and you get past like the awkward stages. And, yeah. yeah. So, uh, do we know how much that that stuff costs? I've got the laptop right here. Let me let me pull up. How much Rocksmith costs? Well, I saw on the Rocksmith 2014, they've got like a bunch of different. Uh, so I don't know. I don't remember if the older versions were, but like the Rock Band 2014 looks like it's all sponsored by Epiphone or like sponsored by Gibson in general because all of the guitars are like Epiphone models and they've got it set up by like the good better best system so if you want like a les paul the good one is like the uh epiphone les paul special 2 the better is the epiphone les paul studio and the best is like epiphone les paul standard okay so rocksmith on amazon for xbox 360 55 bucks so the standard game price that's like so affordable if you're looking to learn to play guitar and you have an xbox yeah. Or a PlayStation or something like that. I would totally check this and if out. You're, even if you're going to buy like some 
some piece of educational software sure. that's if you're like gonna, just that's just a tutorial package, you're probably going to yeah. pay about that much. If you go to the guitar store and you buy the big book of chords and a book of scales, you're already going to be at that price anyways. Yeah, yeah. you're going to pay like 20 bucks a piece for those things. Yeah, exactly. And then you're going to buy like the ultimate fake book or whatever and that's another 20 bucks. You know, I'm going to I'm going to just throw this out there having never used this. This would be a great thing for someone who gets a guitar as a gift and they don't have an amp yet or anything else. Oh yeah. You get them this, if they have an Xbox, they plug it in, they can get some basic guitar tones through the software, play around, figure out if they like guitar and uh advance from there or Throw it in the trash. Throw it in the trash. Throw it in the garbage, you know? Or sell it on Craigslist. Preferably sell it on Craigslist. Or send it to us yeah. for free. But lots of people throw stuff in the trash because they just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. That's why I'm always like going through... Wait, no. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I had a professor at UCSD who was a freegan. Oh my Have gosh, those guys are freeganism? nuts. Yeah. Yeah, he and the, he lived like in Encinitas or whatever, and he would like dumpster dive in the Encinitas Albertsons. Uh -huh. I'm all for that. Yeah, I used to work at a grocery store. They throw away good stuff all the time. Yeah, he was he was he was just like don't get the meat. Yeah, stay but, away. Like, stuff like lettuce, he would get like a head of lettuce, yeah. and like you just peel off the outer layer, and you're pretty much have a fresh sure. head of lettuce or onions or yeah anything like that. Canned uh, goods, yeah, canned goods. If it's got a dent in it, anything that comes out of the bakery. If it's still in the dumpster, yeah, you, you can eat that. You just got to check the date. Yeah. Donuts. Yeah. Bread. It's growing mold. Don't eat it. Oh, exactly. If you know, it's, you trust your senses, guys. Yeah. What is this? Some some kind of weird dumpster diving podcast? <laughs> what are we doing here? I have no idea. We are like trying to jump the tracks into some other podcast, like this whole episode. What are we, tired of guitar stuff? I don't feel like I'm tired of guitar stuff. Hello, and welcome to... <laughs> This American Random Podcast. I'm your host, Ira Glass. Oh, do we ready to jump to the next yeah, topic? Yeah, I think we should go to the next topic. I think we hit that one pretty good. Thanks for the suggestion, John. Um, yeah. yeah, check that stuff out. I, I'm almost thinking that maybe I'll... Because I've got an Xbox. Maybe I'll see if I can get an older version of it for cheap. eBay. eBay. Used on Amazon. I mean, the new Xbox is out. Maybe eventually this will come up the for... The X-Bone? Yeah, the Xbox. What is this? A video game podcast? I know, right? Maybe I'll get a uh, get one as they go on a clearance or something like that. It could be fun to sit around and play around with. Yeah. You know? All right. Here's the next topic. Who's this from? This is from Dougal. D Good old Dougal. Dougal. He wrote us a few episodes. Well, probably about ten episodes back. Has huh? it been that long? It's been a long time. We're uh -huh. on episode seventeen, Steve. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're almost old enough to vote. All right. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, so uh, Dougal says, let's talk mods on bods. Body piercing? Bod is this a mods. body piercing podcast? Body modification. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I like the scars. Putting stuff in places, taking stuff out of places, you know. Uh, is there anything you almost never leave stock on a guitar you purchase? What's the biggest bang for your buck mod you can do on a new guitar? What's the weirdest slash worst mod you've ever done? P.S. Keep up the good work, you guys. I look forward to the new podcast every Monday. Thanks, Dougal. Yeah, thanks, Dougal. P.P.S. Thanks for the good advice on bonfire attire. Wonderwall got me a two-month girlfriend with benefits. Nice. Does that mean it's Con over now? Congratulations, Dougal. Yeah. 
He said it got me a two months. It's, I, I'm confused. Well, maybe it, he's. It's it's been two months. Okay, that's looking uh, the bright side. So that's how long ago we answered yeah. Dougal's questions. Two months ago, he's Our, got a he's got a long term relationship going. He's coming away. into prime bonfire weather here. We're coming up on oh seven, summer. It's been so, so warm here. So if the bon- if he thought the bonfire worked good before, like it's he's about to get into a lot more bonfires. But he already had as a girlfriend. Yeah, you gotta you gotta keep the fire lit. You know, you keep it stoked. Or you can get more girlfriends. That's true. That's trouble. Maybe he did break up with her. Maybe it's time yeah. for to find a new uh, girlfriend at a bonfire. <laughs> What is this, a bonfire podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you listen to 60 Cycle Hum, the bonfire podcast. Uh, all right. Where we uh, talk about building, igniting, extinguishing yeah. bonfires. Yeah, don't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, right. read his um, current question. Oh, you there, already did. Okay, is there anything you almost never leave stock on a guitar you purchase? Oh man, what? You know, I mod almost every guitar I get. I don't know if I mod the same thing on every guitar I get. I usually do things to help uh, the tremolo action. If it has a tremolo, like if it's a, got a strat trim or like a Bixby or something like that, I'm usually putting graphite in the nut to help the strings. Is that really a mod? You know, it's it didn't I mean, I come guess. from the factory that way. Okay, and then I'll graphite the saddles and things like that. Uh, I do that on hardtails. Yeah. Do it on everything. You can do it on everything. Uh, tuners used to be a big thing for me because I would always get guitars that had terrible tuners. Yeah. So it just became a thing for me to swap tuners every time I bought a guitar. For me with tuners, because I don't really want to mess with them, anytime I see a guitar with, they call it the the diamond tuners. Okay. Uh, which is like the 90s import tuner. You still see them on guitars now, yeah. but it was like the 90s import. It's on like all the Squires. Like the cheap ones. Yeah. They it, it, they call it the diamond because it's like a, it's kind of this diamond-shaped tuner, and it's actually like like a three-dimensional diamond. Yeah. Um, those things are garbage. generally garbage. Yeah. I don't really like using any tuners where I can't adjust the peg tension. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, because on... Uh, I found that with most tuners, whenever I've run into an issue with a tuner, I can just fix it by adjusting the, uh-huh. like, usually the issues I run into are just that the peg, uh, the, the actual, the actual part that you turn is loose. And yeah. so if I tighten it down, it's good to go again. And it's interesting. Like, it's still interesting to me that companies use like the cheapest tuners they can find because like even the really cheap acoustic i have a mitchell acoustic which is a guitar center Uh house brand and when i got that thing 10 15 years ago uh it had grover tuners on it which are pretty like industry standard acoustic guitar the standard thing now is if you can get the sealed tuners then you're probably set yeah like if if you're getting the weird vintage style tuners on a cheap guitar they're probably going to be bad a lot of people prefer the good vintage style tuners. Like sure. if they're made correctly, then they can be really nice. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think on more modern guitars, that's not even a thing you need to change. Like I said, if you get a sealed tuner on your guitar, you're probably just fine. Uh, that screw that's holding in the part that you turn you, if you don't know this, you can tighten that down with a screwdriver and that will actually tighten the whole tuner. 
in yeah. most in most cases which will give you a little bit better hold some people like locking tuners i don't see any reason for them i've never used them they're I've know people who use like locking and they're like locking and self clipping and whatever. Yeah, uh, self clipping seems dumb to me. Yeah, it, I mean, I guess it's one. I I get it, but it's I don't know. I'm never in situations where I need it. I guess. Yeah, I think so. the thing that most people do as far as modding their guitars is they do a pickup swap. That's like the most common mod, probably. Yeah, and I think you know going on to. That's kind of the next question is what's the biggest bang for your buck mod yeah uh, you can do on a new guitar because I think for some some guitars the pickup swap is definitely the biggest bang for your buck at the same time um, pickup swapping can become like this chasing the dragon scenario uh-huh. where all of a sudden you're not upgrading when you're like okay so so if you're buying a, a late 90s, early 2000s Mexican Fender Strat. Yeah. Almost, I mean. I hate Mexican pickups. Yeah. Any Strats. major brand pickup uh-huh. that you replace those pickups with is probably going to be an upgrade. Sure. But you get to a point, in my opinion, where, um, oh, this guitar has Seymour Duncan's in it. Oh, you should upgrade those to uh, Kinmans. Oh, you should upgrade your Kinmans yeah. to to Shures. You should upgrade your Shures to Porters. Like you're just getting different if flavors of something right. that's already high end. If you're swapping to the same style, just different levels of price, you're probably not going to get a lot of difference. Like if you're just going with a standard PAF and constantly going from you know the cheap model to the next expensive model to the next expensive model it's always going to sound like a PIF which is like the, your your Gibson standard yeah, humbucker I, uh, I think the benefit to swapping uh, pickups is when you're going for something very different than what your guitar is doing like say you have a standard PAF but you want a more rockabilly sound you throw some filtrons in there sure or you uh, you want something with a more heavy metal sound you throw something with a really high output in there or you put uh you know uh active pickups in there yeah get a dime bucker yeah get a dime bucker or you, if you want a more surfy sound you can put uh some kind of p90 in there or you know something something like that you know yeah i think it's it's really useful for changing the overall dynamic it's not useful for oh i have an okay strat pickup i should get something that sa- that has the same specifications but is more expensive you're not going to get a lot of bang for your buck that yeah, way yeah i would say um as far as i would say as far as like major manufacturers go so really here i'm talking about like fender i've been as uh-huh. gibson gretsch like major manufacturers um if you're using like the house brand, I guess you would, I would say like I don't know how else to term it. Like so, if if you're getting a Fender Strat and it's got Fender pickups in it, and you don't like them, then going to like another brand, regardless of if it's like Fender, like Mexican, like sure, we're we're pretty much in agreement on that. Um, I've liked the Fender American series pickups I've uh-huh. played, like yeah, the various different ones. Um, if you don't like them, and it's, I would say for the most part, like if uh, if you don't like them, 
And so you're like, oh, I'm going to switch to Duncan's or I'm going to switch to Lawler's or whatever. You're probably doing a legitimate upgrade. Sure. Um, I would say the same thing like with Gibson's, especially like Gibson Studio, the 490, 498 combination. I've never felt like was a very, uh, I didn't feel like, I've never felt like there's anything special about them. And I thought the 496, 500 combo, which is their ceramic humbuckers uh-huh. on like the Gibson uh, the, when they had like the Gibson Classic Les Paul, and they've got those, I think, on the Flying V and the Explorer stock. I never was really excited about those pickups. So to switch those out to something else, I think, is good. But I think if you've got a guitar with Duncans or Lawlers or whatever in them, um, and you're saying, like, oh, I want, I'm not. I want to swap these out because I hear porters are really good, uh-huh. but you're not actually dissatisfied. It's like yeah, that's true. It's like you're it, what you're doing is you're getting like you know a high end steak, and you're saying, well, do I want two shakes of black pepper or three shakes of black pepper? Yeah, like the the main part of your tone is going to stay the same. It's still going to be a good sound. Now it's just kind of like finding your own thing, and you can be chasing that forever. Yeah, you, and that might and you might get yeah. one thing and, and switch it out six months later because it's not your thing anymore. Sure, sure. For for me, I feel like all like PAF style humbuckers kind of sound the same, which is why I went on that rant a little right. earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pick single coil pickups. I feel like they vary within their own make so oh, much. Yeah, they have will have so much character, and it's not. It's, you can't say if that's good or bad. It's just like what you need or what you don't need. So it's like you can get uh, two single coils from the same set, and they'll sound a little different from each other. And that's just the nature of the beast. Um, but like I said, I'm not a fan of any pickups I've gotten on a Mexican Fender. That's something I change every time. Yeah. I Every time I get a Mexican Fender, I get rid of the pickups. But I love the rest of the guitar. I love Mexican Fenders for their modability and things you can do to them. And you can really rough up those guitars and do weird things to them and not feel bad about it because it's a $300 guitar at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. When I was... Uh, so when I was... My, I think my bang for the buck mod, when I was, especially when I was younger and I was a lot more abusive with my instruments, um, my bang for the buck mod would be strap locks. Um, strap locks aren't for everybody, but They're for, not me, for me. <laughs> um, so my first guitar was a Fender Jagstain, which I've dropped on its end multiple times uh-huh. because the strap I had, like, I just beat the crap out of that guitar and it would fall off the strap um so i got strap locks problem solved and actually before i got strap locks that guitar i had punk rock duct taped the straps on and when i took that off i spent like a ton of time with like wd-40 and whatever i was getting all the gunk off i still have that strap that's the strap still tape on it um no i took all the tape off of the strap and everything there's one piece of duct tape on the t- on the top. Oh that's, yeah, I think I remember the, that that's strap. That's the strap that's on my five string bass. Gotcha. Um, but uh, so I've I've got strap locks on two guitars that I had modded to have the strap locks on them, and then uh-huh. I had two guitars that already had them. Uh, so that worked out. 
Um, and then the actually the newer the new the bass that I, I'm playing most of the time now uh-huh. doesn't have them, but I have brand new straps, so the the ends are really like really tight on them still. I just never liked strap blocks because they stick out farther than regular strap buttons. Right. At least the one I got a pair of them a while back ago, and they stick out really far, and I don't like the feel of metal sliding on metal because it's like a metal on metal connection. Right. And. I don't know. I'm not a fan. I should probably give you my strap locks at some point, and you can put them on something. Um, sure. Well, the other option, and I've I I got this from a company called Ish. The uh, Ish straps or the Ish rubber things is these rubber grommets, and for you 21 and up guys, or whatever your the age requirement is in your locality. Uh-huh. Uh huh. If you've ever seen Grolsch, uh beer. Uh, basically these rubber grommets that I, I bought, it was part of like an Indiegogo campaign. So it was kind of uh-huh. like Kickstarter. Uh, but these rubber grommets are the same things that basically that Grolsch uses to seal their beer bottles. And so if you buy a bottle of Grolsch or you buy like a four pack of Grolsch beers, you're also buying two pairs of, of, uh, basically the strap locks. Yeah. Well, you, you slide that, that washer over your strap when it's on the buttons like yeah. you strap slide it over the button and that holds your strap on a little better yeah i just never I have had a problem with my guitar dropping off my straps like i've never had i think i've had that happen once but it was because i didn't get the guitar on the strap right right i i had issues with the jag staying i don't really think i've i don't recall ever having issues with any other guitars and so with the jag sting, it might have just been related yeah. to that particular strap people I used, had. But. People used to do the thing where they would spin the guitar around their head and do all kinds of weird strap tricks. And I think that's where you need that. Yeah. That's where you need strap locks. Uh, if you're just hanging out playing, you probably don't need those. Unless your strap is totally ruined. But then get a new strap. I knew, I knew a guy. I think it was his. If it wasn't his, he was at a show where it happened. Um, anyway, the guy in this band uh, w- tried to do a guitar spin with a PRS. Uh-huh. And I don't know if he had strap locks or not. If he didn't, um, he... Uh, if he did, like, the strap, the screw stripped out. And he like threw his PRS like two stories high. Oh my high. gosh! It went like twenty feet in the air and then landed and broke. That's a sad story. Yeah, yeah. And then isn't that how Christina got hit in the mouth? Yeah, our friend was at a at a scenester show, like some kind of emo, yeah. screamo kind of show, and the bass player decided to spin the bass around his neck, which is what they used to do. Yep. And he didn't have strap locks. He didn't have the protection he needed to do that. And he ended up just launching the bass straight into the audience. And she she caught it. Uh, she caught the headstock of the bass with her mouth. Yeah. Which is a bad thing to do. <laughs> yeah. So that was a really bad scene. So if you're if you're doing weird tricks, you need strap strap locks. Uh, what are, real quick? What are some other common mods that people can do people do shielding, shielding on their guitars yeah. to, to cut noise like they go in and they put all sorts of foil tape and ground it uh they do a common thing for strats is they put in a heavier block for the yeah, tremolo they replace a block or they they change like they change the number of springs you have to sure. kind of change the trim feel like you my, can my strat has five springs on it because i don't want to use the trim yeah so lock i basically it down. kind of hardtailed it yeah lock it down 
Uh, or if you're using really heavy strings, you need extra springs yeah. down there to balance it out. People swap out pick guards so that they can either do different pickups or just to have a different look. Yeah. Well, and that kind of feeds into um, the uh, the third question, which was what what's the weirdest slash worst <laughs> mod you've ever done? Oh, I'll let you handle that. I don't feel like personally that I've done any mods where after the fact I was I regretted it. I don't feel like I've done anything weird. Sure. In the mod section, but I know you have. I've done a lot of weird stuff. Uh, I've experimented with just about everything that there is. My first electric guitar, like experimenting on it was basically like half of what I did with guitar. I tried everything. It was a it was a shredder style guitar that had a humbucker single humbucker kind of setup, and I went in and I tried all the different pick, like like a uh, toggle things that you can do. Like I did coil taps on all the pickups. I did where you can combine pickups in different ways. I did out of phase things. Uh, I've done. I did try to do a guitar that had four single coil pickups in it, and that didn't work out. Because I couldn't figure out the wiring. Uh, I've refinished guitars. I refinished my Strat with basically like five or six cans of clear poly spray <laughs> and a giant tub of craft glitter from Michaels. That's how I refinished my guitar. Um, I've I've done all sorts of stuff. It's nuts. Like I built that Flying V that's got... I basically made the concept of a fender flying v right and i cut the pit guard and i put a fender neck on a flying v body and put a strat trim on it and everything like the whole deal put single coils in it i've done a lot of weird stuff i <laughs> there's some of it i do regret most of it i've been pretty happy with and it's been a learning experience sort of thing uh remember the mod i had on my strat for a while where I took the pickguard and I basically cut it into like five pieces so oh, that yeah. I could unscrew uh, the pickups and move them around the body any way that I wanted. <laughs> right. And I did that for a couple of years. And in doing that, I had this really ugly looking guitar where the pickguard was in pieces. But in doing that, I discovered like a really unique to me pickup placement Right, and eventually I ended up cutting a legit pick guard that looked really clean to hold pickups in that position, because I fell in love with a a pickup position that doesn't exist in the commercial market. Yeah, so there's you know there's all sorts of stuff you can do. A couple episodes back, we we played a song from a guy who had a has a strat with five single coil pickups in it. Right, like, and that was nuts. I don't know how he pulled it off, but he he made it work somehow. Yeah, I think. Uh... And I don't know when I'm going to get to it. I know I've got kind of like a an odd concept mod planned, but I still need to buy some parts, and I really need to lay out how I'm going to do it because execution is going to be tricky, uh-huh. which is uh, throwing that Strat pickup in a, that... Well, it's a Dan Electro pickup. Uh, it's a Dan Electro style pickup. It's a lipstick right. pickup. a lipstick. I'm going to throw that into a Les Paul Jr. Um with so it's going to have a a really low output pickup this down electro style pickup in the neck and then a p90 in the bridge nice um but i've got to buy some uh i've got to buy a single coil pickup mount uh-huh 
I need to take the guitar apart and figure out exactly how I'm going to like drill this thing because one way to do it is to just do like a full on surface routing. Uh-huh. But then I need to like buy pickguard material if I'm going to do that and figure out like a pickguard design that's not going to be Just cut up the Tupperware. <laughs> I have done that. <laughs> well, it's, and even if, you know, for that idea, it's, it's like, it's what shape, you know, shapes and whatever. Sure. Um, what I'd like to, what I'd like to do is actually just drill a hole, but then I need a drill bit that's like freaking 18 inches long or something. Yeah. Um, but to connect, basically I'd be trying to connect the neck pocket to the, where the bridge pickup is. Sure. To to the, Uh, get to the controls. Yeah. I need to put in like a three way switch and I could do all of this and have everything wired up perfectly and then just find out that this these two pickups are so mismatched that it's just like a oh, they're gonna stupid be. guitar. They're going to be so so weird next to each other. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, the single coil. I've got a like a standard Seymour uh, Duncan single coil in my Telecaster. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's a single coil strap pickup in the in the neck, and a pretty hot humbucker in the bridge. Yeah. And the and they actually they complement each other really well. Well, it's true that also when you put a single coil or a lower output pickup on the neck, because the strings are moving so much more at the neck position than the bridge, then that kind of offsets yeah. any difference you would have in the output. So a, a single coil at the neck can can complement a higher output pickup at the bridge. Yeah, it's just it's going to be interesting. I'm going to have to do things that i'm not used to doing like actually making precise measurements yeah uh so i actually get the pickup centered and and you know it's it's gonna be fun yeah but i you know this is something that i'm bringing up now and i'll probably bring up again in future podcasts Uh uh-huh and i could see myself bringing this up again in a year and still haven't made zero progress because it's just it's it's an idea. Yeah. It's not something I have time to work on necessarily. Here's what you got to do when you're cutting pick guard is you got to, you know, like the saying goes for, for carpentry, you measure twice, cut once you, you need to make like four or five templates of the pick guard out of paper and cardboard. Right. And make sure that they work and keep refining it until you get it to the point where you're comfortable cutting the pick guard. That's what I had to do with the flying V. It's like I had, I went through probably, like six or seven different initial cuts of different materials right. before I was like, okay, I'm happy with this. And then I cut well, a piece of board that I used as a routing template to make a pick. Right. Card. With, uh, with this one, I, I'm probably just going to use, I'm, I'm just going to use the pick guard that's already on there. Uh-huh. I just have to figure out where I'm going to notch it because I'm going to have to install the single coil mount. Uh huh. Um, and that single coil mount is, large right and it's going to it like it's gonna f- go into the pit guard space sure so i just need to figure out where that where that is gonna happen but uh-huh again this is like it's all in my head right now <laughs> i have the guitar it's a cool guitar should play it more but yeah yeah all right well, this- i think that uh yeah, that kind that of wraps, it, wraps up. it up. Pretty uh, much. There's all sorts of different things people can do to their guitars to mod it. Like, Excuse me. Just look up on the internet. Go to Google and type in modded guitar and you'll find all sorts of stuff. Yeah. It's really all about if you're if you're playing your guitar and you're like, I wish it was doing this thing differently, uh, you can make it do that. And don't be afraid to experiment with stuff and look into what other people have done. 
this you know part of your instrument is changing it to be what you want it to be and that's kind of that's why there's signature guitars out there for all these different famous guitars because that guitarist at some point picked up a stock guitar and said i want this to be different yeah and they got famous enough that a company listened yeah (laughs) that's really what all it comes down to but uh if you have some basic tools and some basic drive to mess around and not worry about ruining something you can make your own signature instrument out of a stock instrument like there's no reason to keep playing stock instruments if you're not happy with them word yeah so we've got a song for the end of the show yep uh this is from our friend uh uh, meg lee megan lee she sent us some recordings from her old band that she used to be in called like warrior poets uh, this song is called Thumb Wars. Yeah, she said, can you play one of my band songs at the end of a podcast? I would be internet famous and love you forever. Wow. I didn't realize g- getting love from our personal friends was conditional on us making them internet famous. Did she, was like, did she not care for us before? And <laughs> I don't now know. she's saying like, oh, don't worry, this can fix our broken friendship. Uh, maybe. Meg, write in and tell us that everything's okay. <laughs> Well, you know, we, she did send us like a bunch of names of like female fronted bands and that yeah. kind of stuff after, after that, but uh-huh. I already forgot what they all were called. Yeah. Me too. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Now we're not <laughs> friends again, <laughs> but this is a cool song. It's an instrumental track from them. Uh, you can, I think they're on MySpace and all sorts of different stuff. If you want to look up their other songs. Uh, we used to play, we played a show with, with her band way, way back in the yeah. day, the band we used to be in and the band that she used to be in, we played a show together yeah, and that's, that's how we met her. That's how we met Meg. Yeah. I guess Adam Powell, friend of the show already knew her, but, uh-huh. um, well he met her cause he was promoting the show that we were playing together. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. Right. He handed her a flyer and she was like, Oh, I'm playing this show. Yeah. And then he was like, okay, let's all be friends. And now we are. Yeah. I brought the girl I was dating at the time. That was the first time she saw your favorite band. I remember that. And afterwards I asked her what she thought of the band. And she was like, yeah, <laughs> uh, I like country music. Oh, and that was pretty much the end of that relationship. Well, you like country music too. Not the kind of country music she likes. Oh, okay. No. She, she liked, uh, the wrong kind of country. She music. liked, so here's a tip guys. If you meet a girl and she says, I like country music and there's no qualifiers leave. Yeah. Like just get out. Yeah. That's a tip. Cause if you, yeah. You, Cause you want them to be the kind of girl that's like, Oh, I like country music. And here's the specific artist that I like that validates what I just said. Yeah. You don't want him to be the kind of person who just listens to popular country radio. No. Popular country radio is... So I got in trouble for saying this to a friend of mine, but I'm going to say it. Say I'm it. I'm going to say it here. Say it, Steve. Say it on the internet where everyone on the can internet hear you. Where everyone can hear me, where it's on public record and part of the creative, creative commons. Tell us what you um, hate, Steve. I feel like a lot of modern country music, and by modern I mean like maybe the last ten years or so, sure, um, is basically rap music for white people. <laughs> okay, or like hip hop for white people. Okay, it's like we can't get down with uh, with like hip hop and 
like oh Beyonce's a little too whatever because we're we're from the south and we're racist. I'm I gonna feel get so like much they trouble. are hitting the same kind of demographic, like the same kind of white people that like country or this are probably also into pop rap and well, pop hip hop. Really, what what it comes down to is like I just can't deal with the the whole country music scene that's basically like uh, that's it's party music. And sure. that's what I mean by that. Like, it, there's a there's a segment of pop country that's basically just party music, um, very low substance. It's just kind of just made to be dancing. I mean, there's this video that came out in 2013 that was like a summary. Or it was like at the end of 2013. Well, has there ever been country that's super high substance? Um, I mean, it's all. I think it's all about execution. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the thing that that. How long are we going to talk about? I this? don't know. Has this become a country podcast? Maybe. Okay, let's let's skip this all together. <laughs> uh, this is the end of episode seventeen. The, Thank you for listening. We'll do a we'll do a genre podcast. Yeah, in the future. let's talk about genres in the future, and, and we'll get into this. Um, here's a song from Like Warrior Poets. Some wars. Uh, some wars. Thanks, Meg, for sending it in. Yeah. If you have a song and you want to send it in, shoot it to our our Gmail account, sixtycyclehumcast at gmail uh, if you want to send us topics or ads, get on our Facebook group yeah. and uh, join the conversation. Join the- <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they say? I think people have said that on uh, other things. I can't. Are we fading out now? Yeah, this awesome. is yeah, this is the part where we start to fade out. Probably and the music starts coming that, in. We should probably should yeah, have faded should, out before that whole. Yeah, we should have given up long before this. <laughs>